0: Yves Giroux is the Parliamentary Budget Officer. He joins me now, and uh, great to have you. And I I know you have been asked a lot of times about should we get financial updates, but I'm going to ask you why people should care that we get one, because I know you haven't gotten one, but why should the general public care?
1: Well, the general public should care because an update is the means through which the government indicates to Canadians not only what's the state of the uh, finances of the nation, but also what its plans are going forward. So in the absence of an update or a budget, we are stuck waiting for updates from the prime minister or ministers on a daily basis as to what's next, like an extension of this program, curtailment of that other program. So an update or a budget would clarify that, would also give a sense to Canadians of what's to come uh, in terms of what's the what's the future looking like mm-hmm. from a government perspective and what is the government's plan going forward. Whereas now we don't have that, so we have to wait every day at 11 o'clock when the Prime Minister uh, gets out of his house and talks to reporters for a few minutes. That's what we find out what the plan is for that day.
0: Right. And there's no question there's politics. Um, Politicians will be who they are. Um, But, you know, the the numbers are coming in so fast and furious. Uh, And my concern is that it's one thing for the opposition not to get their hands on the numbers, but it's, it's a totally different thing when someone like you does not get your hands on the numbers, because you know you're tasked with being the financial watchdog on these kinds of things and to your recollection have you ever uh, have we ever had a government that has just simply refused i mean they've given us 20 different reasons why they can't supply any kind of financial update but is there another government that you recall that was as uh, uh, you know kind of stubborn with handing over the numbers
1: now that i can recall and and the arguments that the government is using are often revolving around the fact that it's a, a very uncertain times But I don't remember a time since I was born where there was certainty. So, uh, the argument that it's uncertain times and we can't really provide an update because we don't know what the next six months will look like, uh, I think that's probably a good argument. Like, we know that we won't, we, we can't predict what the next six months will look like, but it's never prevented governments around the world from tabling budgets. And and recently, uh, Saskatchewan and Newfoundland have both tabled updates or mini budgets and providing a very clear report on their fiscal situation. And Quebec will do so in the next few days. So if three provinces can table updates and Mm -hmm. tell their own citizens what the future is likely to look like uh, to the best of their knowledge at this point in time, I don't see any fundamental reason why the federal government cannot do the same thing.
0: Yes, and I recall Rod Phillips gave a brief financial update but made it very clear the numbers will change and he didn't know what those would look like. But you know, today we get, uh, and I can't say I'm surprised by this, but certainly the extension on the CERB program, uh, which will get extended another eight weeks. This is a program that's $16 billion-ish a month to the taxpayers. Um, It's hard to say whether or not we can afford it. I don't think we can, but uh, we're in unprecedented times. But what is your major concern about the CERB program moving forward? I mean, to me, they must um, reflect the times that maybe they need to change it so that it's not so easy to get. Maybe they wean people off um, so that people aren't uh, staying on it too long and they've got to change the rules around, you know, so people can't game the system. Where are your concerns?
1: Well, my concerns are with a program that is that expensive, which was clearly necessary in March, in April, in May. But as time goes by and the the economy starts reopening, we see restaurants reopening in many parts of the country, businesses slowly going back to what will be the new normal. So there seems to be less and less of a need for an, an extraordinary program uh, like CERB. So my concern is that the program is extended and the temptation for politicians who are in a minority situation and could be uh, in running or campaigning for a re-election anytime mm-hmm. my concern is that the temptation will be very high to keep extending it at a very hefty price tag and that's why i think an update a fiscal update would be greatly useful in laying out the government's plans going forward for these programs
0: Certainly because the rumor mill is what it is. I mean that we could possibly get a snap election in the fall Which you know is great for the prime minister with high polling numbers But we don't have a true reflection on the unemployment numbers because of the programs in place now So, you know, we don't have any kind of clarity on where things are at So we would be going possibly into election mode uh, kind of built on a fantasy, but tomorrow is a very important day Um, It's the one day the four hours that you as well as the opposition will get a chance to see the numbers and where things are at, but this is something that normally would be given weeks if not months. We're talking about auditing enormous numbers that we've never seen in this country and the opposition as well as yourself are only gonna get four hours uh, to to, to look through them and hopefully catch anything that isn't, uh, you know, passing the sniff test. Can it be done?
1: Um, it, it can be done if everybody agrees pretty quickly that these are the right numbers and it makes total sense to agree that the government should have that much money at its disposal to spend. Uh, but usually it's done in a smaller committee where committee members have the power to summon public servants and ministers, ask them questions. And more importantly, they also have the power to amend some of the numbers that are in these supplementary estimates, A, and send it back for the government to reconsider. Whereas tomorrow, on Wednesday, uh, pursuant to the motion that was approved a couple of weeks ago, they don't have that power. It's an all or nothing. It's either MPs approve subs A, as we call them, uh, as they are pre- tabled, or they reject them, which means we are in another electoral campaign. So it's a long, it's an all or nothing, which is a bit odd in a minority situation because that's usually when MPs and opposition parties wield the biggest powers. They have the power to make amendments, but this time they can't because it's it's an all or nothing.
0: Right, which, which doesn't bode well for the taxpayer. At the end of the day, we are the people who will pay for this. We are uh, you know, being affected by this. It is uh, you know, going to shape a lot of how the economy works and lives and, and functions for the next 10 years. Um, and to play politics with it, I think, is, is uh, exploitive. But it's, it's mostly unfair to the people of this country that, that you know, such enormous and, I think, impactful decisions are being made you know, in just a couple of hours.
1: Well, it was understandable in March and April, we were under a health emergency that was never seen in in this country. So it's totally understandable that the government wanted to have powers to move swiftly and quickly to deliver help and assistance to Canadians. I'm not sure that we are in the same state of health emergency that we were three months ago. Uh, But MPs and parliamentarians in general made that decision that they wanted to give these types of powers to, to the government, not all of them, but certainly a majority, so that that's why we are in that situation.
0: Right. And just quickly before I let you go, what will you be watching for specifically then tomorrow, given you've only got four hours to go over hundreds of billions in spending?
1: Well, we've already seen the document. So uh, for me, it's not so much that I don't have the opportunity to look at the document because uh, we've seen these numbers uh, for for some time now. It's It's unfortunate, however, that parliamentarians won't get the opportunity to question public servants. Who, who built these documents, who input it into these documents, and ministers who are the ones seeking, on behalf of the government and on behalf of the Crown, the power to spend dozens of billions of dollars. So MPs won't get the chance to question ministers and public servants, certainly not to the same extent as they would in a normal process. And that, I think, is unfortunate, because there are a lot of well-intentioned and knowledgeable MPs who would have very good questions, very appropriate questions to raise with ministers and public servants. But uh, given time
0: constraints, the
1: maximum of four hours of debate, they won't get that chance.
0: There is not a calculator big enough to uh, calculate the risks and uh, games being played. But I uh, I know that you'll take care. At least you got the numbers and I'll, I'll feel somewhat um, better that you've got them. something to, that, that's under your belt now. Mr. Giroux, I very much appreciate your time, as I know you're very busy these days.
1: It's been a real pleasure.